Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith. And I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Okay, th- t- this morning's message, uh, we talked last week about... Um, <clears throat> we talked last week about... What did we talk about? Back to my notes. The mirror. <laughs> You need a mirror. Went blank for a second. You need a mirror. We all need a mirror. Why? Because mirror releases grace in your life. Because as you see that, Flip, I'm still a sinner. Flip, I still, actually, I find the closer you get to God, the actually less perfect you realize that you are. And the less perfect you realize you are, the more need for grace that you have. And so, and so as we keep continuing to look into mirrors, it actually releases grace in our life. Amen. And so hopefully this week, some of you were looking in the mirror, not just to do your hair, but reading the Bible and, and, and being around people who, who are good reflections sometimes when you frustrate them and they tell you, that, I don't like the way you do that. That actually is a mirror. And I said, seriously, you don't like the way I do that? I thought it was amazing the way I said that to you. And so we get a mirror image. And so, but today I want to talk to you about favor. Anybody in here want favor in their life? Does anyone want things just to work out? Yeah? Has anyone had enough hardship in their life last night watching the football and you just want some favor? It was depressing watching Spurs get beat, but I just need some favor to get back on my feet. So we're going to talk about favor is not fair. Let's pray. God, I just pray and thank you that we have favor in the person of Jesus Christ. And I just thank you that you love us, that you chose us, and you've given us a purpose. I pray you speak to each and every person here in a million different ways. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Turn to your neighbor or the person beside you and say, favor isn't fair. I'll say to you, Jack, since... Pompey's rejecting you there. Favor's not fair, Jack. Johnny, favor's not fair. It's not fair. Have you ever, uh, I'm sure there's some people in here and you're like, you're, the music's loud, so you're singing with all of your might, you're singing with all of your heart, and you're like, Flip, I'm, I think I'm good. I think, if Jude could just hear me sing right now, I think she might be giving me a wee call during the week and saying, hey, do you want to come in? And be on the team because favor isn't fair. But I don't know if you've ever watched the X Factor with some people who have that mindset. And they're singing and they truly believe with all of their might that they can sing, but they, but they can't. But favor isn't fair because there's some people and everyone's at the practice and everyone's been practicing for years trying to sing in church, trying to sing in the shower all their life. And they're trying to sing all the tunes with all, all the right notes. But, but when it comes to it, the reaction they get off the crowd is not what they thought they would get in their head. Because favor isn't fair because we see some people who just show up at the practice and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, out of hiding, they come and they just sing notes that no one ever thought they could and they didn't even know they could themselves because favor isn't fair. 
People have been working at it for years and months, going to lessons, but then one person shows up and they can do it, and it's just natural, and it's just organic, and they never, they never work for it. They just got it. Because favor isn't for our, Maybe you're at the football practice, and all of a sudden, you've been at every practice, you've been faithful, you've been loyal, and some guy comes up to the practice, and he's doing all kinds of tricks. He's crossing the ball in like you've been trying to cross it in for 10 years. And he's way better than everyone else and he gets trials and he gets across the water and he plays at the top of the game because favor isn't fair. Or you're in work and, and you just wish you could lead people in work and, and, and you've been trying to, to communicate things to people and they just don't get it and they're not listening and you, you don't have it in your heart to just tell them that they're wrong but you really want to be that leader and be that person. You want to get that promotion but... but but then this guy or this girl, this woman comes in and, and she just does it and she's, she's not even thinking, she's just being herself. It's, it seems organic, it seems natural. Why? Because favor isn't fair. And so, so many of us, we're so, we're, we're so driven and, and sometimes we have ideas of things we would like to be. And we try and, and we try to figure it out and we try to make it work, but, but favor isn't fair. Some of us in here, you wish you were on a team in here, you wish you were on the sound team, but you just don't have the ear for it, but you just wish. But there's somebody up there can do the sound in here. When the signal's out, or there's, there's feedback, they know what to do, because favor isn't fair. They've got maybe someone who can just play the drums, they've got that rhythm, and you try with all your heart, and you just don't have it. Favor isn't fair. But listen, there's something that you can do, you see. Everyone is smart. It's not how smart that person is, is what are you smart at? Because God has given you favor, God has given you gifts, God has given you talents, you just gotta find out what they are. And that's why we do the growth track, you find out what is my gift set. You see, I see, I see people uh, listening and being all sympathetic and empathetic and being able to just listen for long periods of time and just help people coach them through hardship. And I look at those people and, and I'm like, I, I'm not sure I could have the patience to do that, but they do because favor isn't fair. They've got the gift of pastoring and pastoral ministry because favor isn't fair. They actually get excited about those things that I probably wouldn't so much because I wouldn't have the patience because favor isn't fair. And so in your life, God has given you favor, but it's not fair. And, and often before we find out that favor in your life isn't fair, God often allows us to realize that, that life isn't fair also. And so I want to tell you a story about a, a woman in the Bible called Ruth. And before we go to the scripture, I want to give you some of, of the background of that story. Um, th th this woman, Ruth, um, she, she came into the picture through a woman, Naomi, if you read in, in, in the book of Ruth. And Naomi and her husband were in Bethlehem. Some of us know uh, where Bethlehem is in the Bible, that's where, where Jesus came into the world, and, and it's very significant within the Scripture, so put that in the back of your mind, and, and so it's in Bethlehem there, and, and there's famine comes upon the land, and so straight away they're into a place of need, they're into a place of want, there's panic, there's probably fear rising up, and, and so they're, they're having to make big shifts in their life, they're actually having to move, they're having to get out of their home, get out of their house, and, and they're going to have to move to a different country, to, to a different state, to a different place, it's not what they would desire or want, but they have to move. And so uh, Naomi's husband, El El Elimelech, Elimelech, is that right? I think I've got that wrong. 
Amalek, Amalek, whatever, her husband. So they moved to a place where they can get provision, where they can get land, where they can, they can be provided for. And so they're there, and, and they've got husbands, and, and Naomi's got two sons. And one of the sons actually marries this girl called Ruth. And so everything's going well. They've been provided for. They're in a, in, in a place where, where, where they've got a job. They've got resources. They've got money. Uh, things are going well. They've got a family. They're getting married. And the two sons are, have got married. And, and so Naomi's probably thinking life's good. It was bad. Things were hard. But, but we moved, and now things are beginning to work out. And then all of a sudden, Naomi lost her husband. And Naomi lost her two sons which was Ruth's husband. And so all of a sudden, where life had actually worked out from a bad place to a good place, life had just all of a sudden got worse than it was before. And they lost everything. And so when we talk about favor isn't fair, it's probably not a good time to tell Naomi that favor isn't fair and there's favor on your life because right now she's, she's learned that life isn't fair. She's learned that life isn't fair, and so we're going to pick up the story here. And so, and so life is just falling apart, and so what often we do is when life falls apart, we go back to where we were before. We go back to routines. We go back to people. When life falls apart and people leave and situations fail and there's brokenness and, uh, and there's need, we often go back. We retreat back into places where we find they're safe. There's people we can trust, and so the, the nasty started to come back home to Bethlehem. And so we're going to pick up here in Ruth 2, verses 2. It says, Ruth, who was from Moab, spoke to Naomi. So this is in the middle of chaos. They're just like, Ruth said, let me, or so, so what's happened is um, Ruth and Naomi, uh, Naomi basically said you know, to, to the, the daughter-in-law, you should just go back to your family. You know, you've lost your husband. You're not going to have kids. You want to have kids. I can't really do anything for you because I have no more sons to offer you. Just go back. Just leave me. I, I, life's a, a, a mess right now. Just go back. And, and so actually, Ruth felt she wanted to be loyal. She didn't want to leave her mother-in-law just in the lurch. She didn't want to leave her alone. She wanted to be loyal. They went through this hardship together. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but when you go through hardship together, it actually brings you closer to people, not further away. Who go through the storm. That's why you want to look around when you go through storms. Who's with you? Because those are the people you want to be loyal to because you know that when you have much and you have little, they're still with you. They're not with you for what you have. They're not with you for what's in your hand. They're with you because they truly are committed and loyal to you. Is anyone with me? And so as much as you hate the storm, as much as you hate when you lose everything, as much as you hate when you've not much left over, it actually exposes who's with you. It exposes what's left, and what's left is often a good foundation for your next season. And so we're picking up here, and, and so they're, they're now, they've moved back, and they're looking for a job again. They're looking, for, for how, are we, how are we going to make money? How am I going to uh, have food to eat? Uh, what, what am I going to do? And so Ruth picks up, and she says this. Um, Ruth, who was from Moab, spoke to Naomi, the mother-in-law. Ruth said, let me go out to the fields. Let me do something. I need to do something. This is a nightmare. I've got to do something. I'll pick up the grain that has been left. 
I'll do it behind anyone who, pl- who is pleased with me, or another word for that in the NIV version, is anyone who has favor on me. Like, I don't feel too favorable right now. I've just lost everything. My life doesn't feel uh, too glorious. I'm not too excited. I'm wondering why the Bible actually talks about how they thought the master had really, God had, had really, the Almighty had lost favor on them. They felt as if God had left them. And so they just wanted to do something practical to make ends meet. And so I'll do it behind anyone who has favor on me or anyone that will accept me or anyone who will just give me some benefits right now. It's nearly like they were looking some welfare. They were looking some, uh, just help me out. And see, see, what happened, this is where fever begins. Fever begins with what's left. Fever in your life will always begin with what's left. What, What do you have? What opportunity is there? Some of you are looking for maybe a job or, or a perfect job, and you're looking way ahead, but maybe God wants you to start with what's left, what is just there. What opportunity is there? I'll just take anything. I'll just take the leftovers. Just give me something. Just get me back in the game, back on the field. What's left is where favor begins, because what, what happened was she started to, to receive Gifts, she started to receive grain, wheat from people who had done all the work. She, see, the field wasn't, wasn't Ruth's. She didn't earn, own the field. She didn't earn the field. She didn't earn the grain. She was taking the leftovers off of somebody else's work. She, because she had favor. Somebody had favor on her. Why? Because she went and looked. She went and seek. Some of us are looking favor in our life. We're looking opportunity. We're looking things to work out. But you need to go start knocking on some doors. We're, we're too static. We're just, we're, we're in our little place of failure, in our little place of, of nearly depression, and, and we're stuck. And we need to go, go out and visit some fields and see if anybody would be willing to let me just pick up the leftovers, because God starts with what's left. And it goes on to say here in Ruth 2, verses 2 to 3, it says, and Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out to the fields to pick up the leftovers, da, da, da. Um, and so Naomi said this, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, everyone say, turned out. She was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. I probably butchered that, but let's move on. Who was from the clan of Elimelech? Who was Elimelech? Elimelech. Elimelech was Naomi's. Are you getting confused? was Naomi's husband. And so straight away, she didn't know this, she just went to where she had favor. You see, when you have favor, things just work. She just went into this field, she just was willing to do whatever job it would take, and things just began to work. It it was just an opportunity, but what she didn't realize was Boaz, this was in the family genealogy, this was in the family line, there was already favor on the field in a field where she was just looking for leftovers, there was also a legacy attached. 
And in those days, what happened was they always wanted to keep the family line. And, and we know about Bethlehem. Why? We know about David and how David was in the family line of Jesus. Because they had taken records and they used to always honor that person and that family line. And they wanted to sustain it. Now, now Ruth probably didn't know this, but she was in the field just picking up the leftovers. And so it actually says in the Bible that when she was far off, Boaz seen her. As, as she was just picking in the corner of the field over here somewhere, just picking the grain, just focused on how did life happen? How did that famine happen? How did, what is wrong with me? Is something wrong with me? Why is the Almighty against me? It seems that everything, all hell is breaking loose. It seems like I'm being punished. It seems like I'm going deep. It seems like I've lost everything and life is, could never have been as bad. Life could not get worse. I'm just in survival mode. But behind the scenes, Boaz seen her. In the field, in the corner, she thought nothing was happening. But Boaz was talking. She thought she just had the leftover, but God was dealing with her legacy. She thought life was over. And it was gone, but God was... You see, right now, in your life right now, if you have, have a leftover and you stay in the leftover in the welfare mindset... You see, what is wealth for, for? What are benefits for? What are all those kind of things for? They're really, a lot of the time, um, not always, but most of the time, they're just to try and get you back on your feet. I remember a few times during the summer, um, you know, as a student, I just couldn't get a job, or, or, so I just went on. The benefits, why? Just to sustain me and, and keep paying some bills until I got back on my feet. It was just the leftovers. It, it, it's to try and help... Keep a healthy society, healthy environment, but, but God never intended me to stay there. You see, see, she was in the leftovers, the welfare, but God didn't want to keep her there. He, he, he had an inheritance for her because he had favor on her life. But she just had to work the leftovers for a season as Bo has seen her from a distance. Number three, you're far off, but God is working, and people are talking right now. You're in a job, some of you, right now. You're in some friendships right now. You feel alone, and, and you've started coming to church, or, or maybe <clears throat> you start entering into some groups, or you feel a bit nervous. You, know, you feel like, oh, I wish I had my old life back, but God's trying to move you forward, and he's bringing you through some depths, and it feels like leftovers, and it feels like, oh, I don't want to have to build all these relationships up again, but maybe, maybe God's got some people talking in behind the scene. Maybe God's preparing your next step. Maybe God's connecting you through his favor to some people that you don't know about yet. But it doesn't mean that he's not working. Maybe God is setting your next season up, even though you feel like the past is defining your future. But I'm here to tell you the past is not defining your future. If you receive God's purpose in your life, that God might, might have allowed you to stay... Stay with the leftovers in the field, but you don't know whose field it is. You don't know who owns that business. You don't know who owns that next house or that place of work where you need to provide for your family. You don't know, know where those next friendships are coming from. But God just wants you to do something. God just wants you to go attend some group. He just wants you to come and give him some praise. Just give him some, the leftover strength that you have, even though you feel weary and tired. God just wants you to give him something. Just what you have. 
You see, it's, it's a mustard seed of faith that moves mountains. Well, what does that mean? That mustard seeds are so small. He's saying, listen, just give me something. Just give me what's left. It's only a seed, but a seed is designed to grow. It's destiny. It's not designed to stay in this welfare mindset. It's not designed to stay in the benefit system and just stay as, stay as a seed. It's designed to grow. Its legacy is to be a fruitful tree that influences others. Other trees that it multiplies, affects other trees around it. It changes the environment. It becomes a place where people are drawn for fruit and for food. That's what God has on your life. You, every person in Christ has been given this kind of favor, but you can only receive it through faith. And so Ruth began to continue to show up, but there's stuff happening behind the scenes. Number four. God's favor is on your purpose, not on your paycheck or your position. You see, here's the problem. If you think that God's just about your position or your paycheck or or God only loves you when you're in high places, you're going to miss out on the foundations that God wants to create in the low places. Because purpose isn't defined by the height of the job that you have. Purpose isn't defined by the, the... the field that you're in. Purpose is not something that's determined by external happenings. It's, a purpose is determined by what's on the inside and what you believe about your God, the Father. Because when you have purpose, you find purpose not just, not just with much, but with little. That's why the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. He who's faithful with little will be ruler over much. Why? Because you realize purpose isn't just when you have a lot or when you get the job or when you become the leader or when, when you get what you think you need or what you want or where you want the favor. Purpose actually is found in the little first. And so, so often we, we want the heights. So often we want to be on the heights, but actually God is about the depths too. You see, yes, God's favor is on your purpose and not on your paycheck or position. It says in Romans 8 and 28, watch this. A lot of us have read this verse before, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his, his purpose. God's favor is on your purpose, not on your position, not on your paycheck, not on how much you earn. His favor is on your purpose. Your purpose will outlast every low and every high. Your purpose will sustain you to the end of your life. Your purpose is what drives people to get out of bed. Your purpose is where God's favor is found. So the enemy isn't really too bothered whether you've got wheat in your hand or whether you don't. The enemy's not too bothered about whether you're in a position or if you're not. He's more worried, are you in a position with purpose? Do you have a paycheck with purpose? Because the purpose will define how much God can do in and through your life. The purpose will define how big that tree grows because God wants people in places of influence. But in order for God to get people in places of influence who are in places of position and maybe have got resource, he needs to know that you can be faithful with the leftovers. 
He needs to know that you can be faithful with the small. He needs to know that you can be faithful behind the scenes when nobody's looking. Purpose. And this is the beauty about it is you don't have to be jealous of anyone. I know they can sing that way. I know that they're strong leader. Celebrate them. We don't have to be jealous of anyone because listen, here's the beauty about it. Nobody can steal the favor that God has on your life. Nobody can steal the purpose that God has for your life. Nobody, no man, no devil in hell can take away the favor that God has for you. It's impossible. It's not, they're right. They're not even in that realm. They're not even in that place. So you don't have to look at people and be jealous. Because God hasn't called you to be them. God has called you to be you, to your specific role, to your specific gift. And God did not make a mistake with the gifts and the talents that he has given you. And, and what happens, that's why the enemy is an expert at diverting you and thinking that, that if I can't be like that, I'm useless. Because you know what the enemy's stealing when you think that way? He's thinking about your purpose. If I can confuse them about their purpose, if I can make them think they're not successful unless they're in this position or they have this kind of money coming in, then they'll lose their purpose and then they'll lose the favor. See, anytime you've got a reckless past, the depths of your despair is also the height of your future. The depths of your despair is also the height of your future. Yeah, you've messed up. Yeah, you've made mistakes. You can't tell me God's favor can't pull you out of that once you give your purpose and your life. That's why the Bible says, for all things, everyone say all things. That means your reckless past, that means your broken ways, that means all your mistakes, all things. That means also the good things. God can use them all together for your good. If you're, you love God and are called to, according to his purpose, if you've surrendered your life, then God's favor is on your life. Is anybody excited about that? Or is that just me? And so, you know, some of you all know a few years ago, I actually felt I was in that place. I felt it was in that place where everything that I had been building uh, to investing into relationships, it disappeared. I, it just felt like I had leftovers. It felt like, flip, uh, there's not much left here. And it really brought me to the very depths of despair. It brought me to a place where I'm questioning, is God's favor off of me? Is, is, is that it? Is it over? What's happening right now? I've never been in this scenario before. But I just tried to get into the field and knock a few doors and, hey, do you want to pick some grain up with me and some wheat and I don't really know what's going on right now. And, and, and then all of a sudden, I remember praying to God, like, God, if you want us to do this again, we're going to need a building because I don't know if I've got the grace. <laughs> to set up church again on a temporary basis. We're going to need a building, if you want. Because I was just like, I'd lost so much. And then a, a guy came up to me and, and told me about this guy in this room, prophet. 
unassuming. He said, there's a, there's a building down there. And I've been looking, you've got to understand, I've been looking for a building for years in a previous church that we were in. And, and to no joy, no opportunity, there was no open fields. I don't know why. Why, why do these things happen? Life doesn't always play fair. And, and so I come down here and I walk in this building and I, I, as soon as I seen it, even though I, in my spirit I was crushed, I was in depths. I, 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 the hope, there wasn't much hope. There was much left in me. But as I walked in this place, I, I, I was like, whoa, this is perfect. This can work. This is crazy. And I had to leave it then for a season. I had to spend time in the leftovers. I had to spend time in survival mode. I had to spend time in the depths. And I said, God, if that's for us, keep it. And, and, and no one came in for it. And, and, and we got a deal, a really great deal on this building. And, and listen, why? Because favor isn't fair. But sometimes God needs to bring us to, to a place where we realize that life isn't fair. He brings us to depths, to places where we lose everything, where we realize we don't have control because what happens is when then a little comes, then you become thankful for just a little. I'm just thankful for a little wheat like Ruth. I'm just thankful for a little grain. God, I just, I thank you for that one person that you touched somehow by what we're doing. God, just thank you. Just whatever you want to do, God. It, it, all of a sudden, my purpose in, it, that is found in Jesus is deeper now. It, it, it's more grounded. You see, this is what I realize about a building. This is what I realize about anything that needs to grow high. It, it, is in order for any building skyscraper to go up, it's got to go deep first. And often that deep depth, the, the, the reckless situation that you've experienced or whatever's going on, you've got to understand that God uses all things. And, and that's why the level of the depth that you enter into can define the height that you soar. If you're called according to his purpose, if you believe in his love for you, listen, it's not the end, it's maybe just the beginning. And that's why sometimes when we come against resistance, sometimes when life doesn't work out how we wanted it to or expected it to, sometimes God is preparing you for greater days ahead. Sometimes God is trying to bless some essential foundations because he's trying to go high. But you just got to get in that field and look at the leftovers and be thankful for what God has. But you don't know who's talking in the background. You don't know what deals are falling through. You don't know who's coming to visit this place and they're turning their nose up because it's not for them because God's got his hand on it. You see, Boaz was a relative. Boaz had favor on Ruth. Boaz knew that this name, had this family lineage had to keep continuing on. In that culture, Boaz knew what had to be done. Boaz was being used by God to make a way. And I want to tell you something. It was in Bethlehem that that lineage continued to David. So Ruth actually made a way for David in Bethlehem. And David made a way for Jesus. God knew what he was doing. His favor was on Ruth. Even though he allowed Ruth to go to the depths of despair, God knew. God was in it. God was preparing a way for Jesus to come. Maybe God is preparing a way for Jesus to come in your family, 
and it doesn't look perfect, and it looks reckless, and it looks like the Almighty God has left you. But maybe God is just preparing a way to take you higher. But he needs you to have faith in the little. He needs you to have faith with what's left over. He needs you to, to just surrender it all to him. Maybe you've been holding too tight to some situations. Just be thankful for what you've got. Just be faithful with what you've got. Just do the best with what you've got and watch the favor of God open up new fields. You see, what happened to Ruth is the field that she was once just taking the leftovers off. She became the owner of. As she married Boaz and they became, she married a prince in the area. She, 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 she received her inheritance. It wasn't by her works. It wasn't by her performance. It was just by her showing up with what's left. Five, depths come when life isn't fair. But height comes when God's favor isn't fair. You see, the, that's why we say statements like the best is yet to come. Because God is never about doing less in your life. God's never about diminishing, and even though situations are excruciating, even though situations are terrible, God is still not about doing less. Even though it seems broken, it seems like this is not fair. You're right, it isn't fair. Life is not fair. We do not live on heaven right now in the flesh, but we're called to bring heaven down from earth. Or heaven down to earth. But often it comes through situations that are broken. It comes through situations where, where things come to an end. It comes through situations where we have to let go of the old and bring in the new. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you, and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at ariatchurch.org and give now. And we'll see you next time on the Ariat Church Podcast.